Chapter Eight of the Sad Fortunes of the Reverend Amos Barton from Scenes of Clerical Life by George Eliot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Chapter Eight. The following Wednesday, when Mr. and Mrs. Hackett were seated comfortably by their bright hearth, enjoying the long afternoon afforded by an early dinner, Rachel, the housemaid, came in and said, "If you please, em." the shepherd says have you heard as mrs barton's was and not expected to live mrs hackett turned pale and hurried out to question the shepherd who she found had heard the sad news at an alehouse in the village mr hackett followed her out and said thee'dst better have the pony chaise and go directly yes said mrs hackett too much overcome to utter any exclamations rachel come and help me on with my things when her husband was wrapping her cloak round her feet in the pony chaise, she said, If I don't come home to-night I shall send back the pony chaise, and you'll know I'm wanted there. Yes, yes. It was a bright frosty day, and by the time Mrs. Hackett arrived at the vicarage, the sun was near its setting. There was a carriage and pair standing at the gate, which she recognized as Dr. Maidley's, the physician from Rotherby she entered at the kitchen door that she might avoid knocking and quietly question nanny no one was in the kitchen but passing on she saw the sitting-room door open and nanny with walter in her arms removing the knives and forks which had been laid for dinner three hours ago master says he can't eat no dinner was nanny's first word he's never tasted nothin sin yesterday mornin but a cup of tea when was your missus took worse a monday night they sent for Dr. Maidley at the middle of the day yesterday, and he's here again now. Is the baby alive? No, it died last night. The children's all at Mrs. Bond's. She come and took him away last night. But the master says they must be fetched soon. He's upstairs now with Dr. Maidley and Mr. Brand. At this moment Mrs. Hackett heard the sound of a heavy, slow foot in the passage and presently amos barton entered with dry despairing eyes haggard and unshaven he expected to find the sitting-room as he left it with nothing to meet his eyes but milly's work-basket in the corner of the sofa and the children's toys overturned in the bow-window but when he saw mrs hackett come towards him with answering sorrow in her face the pent-up fountain of tears was opened he threw himself on the sofa hid his face and sobbed aloud bear up mr barton mrs hackett ventured to say at last bear up for the sake of them dear children the children said amos starting up they must be sent for some one must fetch them milly will want to he couldn't finish the sentence but mrs hackett understood him and said i'll send the man with the pony carriage for em she went out to give the order and encountered dr maidley and mr brand who were just going mr brand said i am very glad to see you are here mrs hackett no time must be lost in sending for the children mrs barton wants to see them do you quite give her up then she can hardly live through the night she begged us to tell her how long she had to live and then asked for the children the pony carriage was sent and mrs hackett returning to mr barton said she would like to go upstairs now he went upstairs with her and opened the door the chamber fronted the west the sun was just setting 
and the red light fell full upon the bed where milly lay with the hand of death visibly upon her the feather bed had been removed and she lay low on a mattress with her head slightly raised by pillows her long fair neck seemed to be struggling with a painful effort her features were pallid and pinched and her eyes were closed there was no one in the room but the nurse and the mistress of the free school who had come to give her help from the beginning of the change amos and mrs hackett stood beside the bed and milly opened her eyes my darling mrs hackett is come to see you milly smiled and looked at her with that strange far-off look which belongs to ebbing life are the children coming she said painfully yes they will be here directly she closed her eyes again presently the pony carriage was heard and amos motioning to mrs hackett to follow him left the room on their way downstairs she suggested that the carriage should remain to take them away again afterwards and amos assented there they stood in the melancholy sitting-room the five sweet children from patty to chubby all with their mother's eyes all except patty looking up with a vague fear at their father as he entered patty understood the great sorrow that was come upon them and tried to check her sobs as she heard her papa's footsteps my children said amos taking chubby in his arms god is going to take away your dear mamma from us she wants to see you to say good-bye you must try to be very good and not cry he could say no more but turned round to see if nanny was there with walter and then led the way upstairs leading dicky with the other hand mrs hackett followed with sophy and patty and then came nanny with walter and fred it seemed as if milly had heard the little footsteps on the stairs for when amos entered her eyes were wide open eagerly looking towards the door they all stood by the bedside amos nearest to her holding chubby and dicky but she motioned for patty to come first and clasping the poor pale child by the hand said patty i'm going away from you love your papa comfort him and take care of your little brothers and sisters god will help you patty stood perfectly quiet and said yes mamma the mother motioned with her pallid lips for the dear child to lean towards her and kiss her and then patty's great anguish overcame her and she burst into sobs amos drew her towards him and pressed her head gently to him while milly beckoned fred and sophy and said to them more faintly patty will try to be your mamma when i am gone my darlings you will be good and not vex her they leaned towards her and she stroked their fair heads and kissed their tear-stained cheeks they cried because mamma was ill and papa looked so unhappy but they thought perhaps next week things would be as they used to be again the little ones were lifted on the bed to kiss her little walter said mamma mamma and stretched out his fat arms and smiled and chubby seemed gravely wondering but dicky who had been looking fixedly at her with lip hanging down ever since he came into the room 
now seemed suddenly pierced with the idea that mamma was going away somewhere his little heart swelled and he cried aloud then mrs hackett and nanny took them all away patty at first begged to stay at home and not go to mrs bond's again but when nanny reminded her that she had better go to take care of the younger ones she submitted at once and they were all packed in the pony carriage once more milly kept her eyes shut for some time after the children were gone amos had sunk on his knees and was holding her hand while he watched her face by and by she opened her eyes and drawing him close to her whispered slowly my dear dear husband you have been very good to me you have made me very happy she spoke no more for many hours they watched her breathing become more and more difficult until evening deepened into night and until midnight was past about half-past twelve she seemed to be trying to speak and they leaned to catch her words music music didn't you hear it amos knelt by the bed and held her hand in his he did not believe in his sorrow it was a bad dream he did not know when she was gone but mr brand whom mrs hackett had sent for before twelve o'clock thinking that mr barton might probably need his help now came up to him and said she feels no more pain now come my dear sir come with me she isn't dead shrieked the poor desolate man struggling to shake off mr brand who had taken him by the arm but his weary weakened frame was not equal to resistance and he was dragged out of the room End of chapter eight of the sad fortunes of the reverend amos barton